morning, everybody. Good morning. Merry Christmas to everybody. Everyone happy this morning or just full and sleepy? Wasn't that a great breakfast? Everybody who was here to eat breakfast, would you start clapping? Just put your hands together and make some noise. <laughs> Not everybody, but most everybody. Boy, that was, that was awesome. It was above, above the board, too. You guys did it great. Did you notice there was no gravy there this morning? The first time in 39 years I've got this kind of respect. No gravy for breakfast. Awesome. Well, we say good morning to you. If you're a visitor this morning, you're only a visitor one time. We're so grateful you came to the Lord's house today. It's, uh, this place doesn't belong to us. It belongs to the Lord. We're just his caretakers until the trumpet sounds. So if you live in this community then, and you don't have a church home, this church needs you. And we have great opportunities. They're unlimited in this place, and, and so I know you'll fit in. But today we're just going to concentrate on the reason for the season. How's that? Everybody excited about Christmas? Do you know why God created Christmas Eve, or maybe man really created it? God just give us the strength to observe it. It's peop- for people that don't procrastinate. They just put off shopping till Christmas Eve. That's an awesome break for people like me. However, since this is Christmas Eve and this is Sunday and I knew you would expect me to be here, I slipped off to the city uh, Friday and finished up. So the days of miracles aren't over. <laughs> we want to say God bless you. We love you. What an awesome privilege it is uh, to be in church with you this morning. We want each one of you to know that from our house to your house, we wish you a, a Merry Christmas and we're facing a brand new year just a few hours away. But aren't you glad for the great things that God has given us and provided for us? I don't know about you, but I'm just thinking I'd rather be here than the best hospital that I've ever uh, visited. It's an awesome presence this morning just to have fellowship and enjoy the blessings of the Lord. And God has given us another awesome year. We've enjoyed things happening around this church this year that we've never did before. It's been uh, 60 years since I've sacked groceries until this year. And we put together, Jared put together some, some people from this church, and we went over to the grocery store uh, a couple of evenings, and we sacked groceries. And when I learned a new uh, thing that you say to the customers that we didn't say when I was uh, sacking groceries 61 years ago. We didn't say paper or plastic. We said paper or paper. <laughs> or paper, yeah, or paper. But it was an awesome time, and because of your generosity, we had, we had uh, stacks of $25 gift certificates, and as people passed through the line, if, if those that were sacking saw a need or was quickened by their spirit to slip on those $25 uh, shopping cards to those people, uh, this, because of the generosity of this church, we were able to do that. It's just been an awesome time as we've watched the Lord minister in a special way. There was an individual Friday evening uh, that was behind me in the grocery store, and Sherry had sent me over to pick up a couple of items. And I looked in his basket. I knew the man, and I knew uh, the way that they live and the conservative way that they live. His bill was about $12, uh, between $12 and $13. And I told the lady who was checking him out, I said, I want to pay his ticket. And, of course, he he didn't want me to, but he didn't uh, refuse to allow me to do that. And uh, afterwards, well, I left the grocery store and I was driving on, and uh, I just felt something inside of me saying, you should have did more. 
And so, you know, God knows that I, I really like to bargain, so I, I made this bargain to the Lord. Lord, if you just, if you just I'm going out to uh, uh, Gore's Plaza tomorrow afternoon. If he's out there, uh, I'll do more. If he doesn't, well, I'll just know that that wasn't you speaking to me. Yesterday I drove in and I ran in to take care of some things I, I needed to do, and I ran right into this man. I said, Lord, let's make another deal. I lost, and uh, what an awesome, what an awesome privilege it was to watch the hand of the Lord. As the Bible says, His eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong in behalf of those who's perfect toward Him. And perfection doesn't mean we do everything right, but it, you can't have a perfect heart. And that's saying, Lord, whatever you ask me to do, here I am. Just use me. And it's just been just story after story. Things have happened to many people that call this their church home. They've shared their stories. But today, I would just, uh, I'm just overwhelmed at the goodness of God and his blessings that always make rich, and they add no sorrow. And as I look across the congregation, there are several that grew up in this church, but you, uh, you moved away. And uh, I'm so gl- grateful that your parents wasn't like an aunt that I had. She had three children, and when the oldest one got married, she sold the bedroom suit and, and made a sewing room out of that bedroom. When the second one got married uh, she sold the bedroom suit and made her husband an office when the baby got married she sold that bedroom suit and she made that storage room I'm so grateful that your relation isn't like mine there's still a place to there's still a place in the end right thank you Carol there's still a place so we welcome you today God bless you and uh, we are in for a, a great great Christmas season and I just want to encourage you God is so good his blessings continue to enrich us, and they add no sorrow. Great to see Laddie and Sandy and their son with us this morning. Laddie has been uh, recovering in a recovering mode the past several months, but he's here with us today. And I have some good news and the bad news, and I'm going to share uh, the bad news first. And that is, I worked some this week on a message that I thought would be appropriate. And then at 4:30 this morning, I woke up and uh, there was another message. So. The bad news is I've got two messages to preach, and the clock says it's, uh, it's not lying. It says it's 11.35. So uh, the good news is I'm going to hide the one that I uh, worked on earlier this week, and I'm going to stay with the one that came at 4.30. Is that all right? Everybody said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> we always think about the manger. We always think about Mary and Joseph, the wise men, and, you know, the star in the east. We always think about this setting for Christmas, but I, I've just asked the Lord uh, the past few days and weeks, Lord, just let something happen that's out of the ordinary, or just place within me a, a message for the congregation that will gather at Elm Grove that will de- be different than what uh, I've ever been able to uh, exhort. And so this morning, I'm using a scripture found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that I've never used in 50-plus years of ministry, but we're going to use it today, and we're just going to open up, and I'm just going to talk to you. How's that? How many knows the difference between uh, a sermon and a talk? How many know you can fail at both of them? Well, a, a talk is something that's short, sweet, and to the point. A message can go on and on and on and on and on and on, and only you can, you can discern whether it's good or bad. So after the, mess- after the sermon this morning, I'll let you make the decision, but I just want to say it's my privilege to you to share with you this morning something that the Lord has laid on my heart and it's for all of us today. I'd like to draw this 
to your attention this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. The Apostle Paul has done such a tremendous job with over half of the New Testament and his writings, and he pens this scripture for us today, and I want to share it with you. For he, God, made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I want to read that again because in, in this verse contains a powerful message for all of us. And and let me just paraphrase it. For God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for me and for you, that we could become what he is, and he could become what we were. I don't know how, how much good that does to you, but I'm telling you, when I realized where I was when Jesus walked into my life, it's a brand new day, honey. And I'm telling you, old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And I want to talk to you about some trees today. The first tree that the Bible draws our attention to in the coming of Jesus was, was the, the manger. It had to be made out of a tree, no doubt, even though some say it, made, it was made out of stone. Let's just take the next few minutes and say that manger was made from a tree. And as we look at the tree, uh, the second tree was the cross. Jesus spent 30 years preparing for a three-year ministry. And then we, one day we find him hanging on a cross on a tree between two thieves. And uh, as we look at that picture this morning, I, I think about uh, not only a tree, but I, along with that tree, the cross represents the suffering that Jesus went through. And he, what, what he was processing was he became what I was, that I could become what he it was. And, and, and the thing that really spells uh, a depth in the scripture is this. He knew no sin, and I was nothing but full of sin. And he took my place on the cross that I wouldn't have to go and die on the cross for my sins. And so the trees are a vital part of our life. And then it's Christmas time, and I'm going to talk to you about the trees on either side of the platform this morning, known as Christmas trees. As young people, we always, was, we always counted the days when we can find out what was under the tree. But this morning, I'm going to talk to you about what's on the tree. And his name is Jesus, Emmanuel, God who's with us. And on the tree this morning, I want you to look at that picture for just a few moments. Could we just dim the lights, Mr. Soundman, for a few moments? I'd just like to highlight what's on the tree today. If we look at the decoration on the tree this morning, Jesus represents the tree of life. He said, I'm the tree, you're the branches apart from me, you can do nothing. But I look at this tree this morning, and on this tree, there's some beautiful decorations. And I'd like to just take for a moment, and I would just like to pull this bulb and say, this is what you look like after Jesus got a hold of us. Not only did he pick up the broken pieces of our life, but he put something together, and he made something beautiful out of your life and out of mine. And not only did he make this beautiful, then he put it where in a very, very, very attractive way. He hung it on the tree, and that represents my freedom. I can go free today because of what Jesus has done for me. And he's made a place on this tree for every individual in this world today. You'll never overload the tree of life because Jesus does things, and God, his Father, does things that are perfect. And he takes imperfections imperfected things and he makes them perfect and he makes them attractive to the family of God and to this world and so as we see each each ornament on the on the tree today there's some different sizes some different shapes some different forms but can I tell you they all are called ornaments 
Did you know Jesus has created your life so that you can be a blessing to this world? In fact, many of you have been a blessing to this community and those around about you. And I don't know about you, but I was thinking about what was under the tree. And if you're here this morning with young people, they're waiting till this service is over. They're waiting till we can have Christmas and find out what's under the tree. Until we get to that part, I want to just continue to speak to you for a few moments about what's on the tree. As we look at the tree, there's, it's a beautiful tree. It's always, I love to watch as the ornaments go on it each year, and it makes it beautiful. Can I say this? Jesus wants the church to also be beautiful in the eyes of this world. And he says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Do you know you do your best work when you're rested up? Do you know you can fly off the handle when you're not rested up? Well, there's three of us that know that that's true. The rest of you, we'll have an opportunity one day, and you'll prove that that's true. But as we look at the tree, Jesus said, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the tree, you're the branches apart from me, you can do nothing. But notice what happens when he comes into our life, he forgives us of our sins, he washes our sins with the blood of Jesus, and when we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we can become saved. And this is a picture of grace through faith. We've got to believe that out of, our, out of our mouth flows the words, Lord, forgive me of my sins. And by faith, we've got to say, Lord, it's not by might, not by works, lest anyone should boast. So by faith, we accept God's plan, realizing that it's in the Bible. It's God's plan for man. He redeemed us not with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but Jesus became what I was, which was the sinful nature, so that I could become the righteousness of God. And guess what? He didn't ask me to do anything besides repent. If it was depending upon works today, there are some of us that would just work ourselves to death because we love to work. And then we could do this. Boy, look what I did. But listen, Jesus weeded that out when he said, it's not by works lest any man should boast. So he knew there would be a couple of three of us that would brag about what we did if our salvation was based on works. But it's by grace. And while we were yet sinners, God was graceful enough that he became what I was. Listen, this takes a lot of grace. Sometimes we just kind of float over what Jesus did in his 30 years of preparing for a three-year ministry. And then he finds himself without sin, and he's dying on the cross for the remission of my sins and yours. And the world uses that name for a curse word. Listen, friend, that's that's the incorruptible uncorruptible name that's above all names. And one day the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every day I realize, Lord, you're the tree, I'm just a branch. Would you just mold me and make me into a vessel so that I could be ornamental on the tree of life so that somebody could see, God, you've done a great work in my life, and I'm here to proclaim it by the way that I live and by the way that I treat one another. Look at, the, look at the decorations on the tree. Jesus says, uh, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now, you look at the, at the ornaments this morning. They're, they're, it takes no power. It just takes a hanger to hang that, that bulb on the tree. It, it, it's very essential that you have a hanger, but you know what? There's, it, this requires no power to become a bulb, does it? No, it's just, it just hangs. It's, it's built to look at. It's built to uh, uh, bring uh, attraction to the tree. It's there to attract uh, your attention. But I want you to look at the bulb for just a few moments. Those bulbs are powerless without the plug-in plugging them into the power source. 
They too are just ornaments of the tree, but they have the ability to shine when they're plugged into the power source. And so it is with our life today. We become born again. We become followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. He becomes Lord of our life. He writes our name in the book of life. And we, from that day forward, we know him as our best friend. But then there comes some struggles in life, and there comes some things in our life that we don't quite understand. And there comes some issues and some real problems, and sometimes life becomes so frustrating we don't know which way to turn. But there's a power source that's made available to every believer. You don't just have to be an ornament on the tree. Jesus wants you to know that he has a power source that you can plug into that will give you the power to be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And that is recorded in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He said, And ye shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the world, which means no matter where you go, his power is available. His power is available. Guess what? All you have to do is plug into the power source. Listen, God compares your life to a light bulb. I don't know about you. We, we used to have some strings of lights. When, when one bulb went out, they all got dark. And, you know, I used to say, cheater, cheater, all you want to do is get me to go buy a repeater. Another string and one bulb goes out. And, and I don't know about you. I'm really not good at fixing light bulbs on a, on a string of lights. So, you, you know, you sing cheater, cheaters. You go to Walmart and buy another string. Well, I've been shopping the past year or two, and you can buy strings of lights. When if one goes out, the rest of them still shine. I scarfed up on those this year. In case they're not on the market next year, I've got nine new boxes I didn't put up. Listen. I want you to think about this for a moment. These lights are shining, and, and they're not all the same color, are they? If they were all the same color, yeah, this tree wouldn't be quite as ornamental as it is. I, I love, I love the, the characteristics of different colors. It's amazing how good green looks like up above, uh, when you put it up against green. It's, it's beautiful just to re look back at the, the Christmas tree and realize that, that not only are the ornaments uh, attractive, but there's something about that tree that lights up in the darkness, and darkness can't dispel the light that comes from that tree, but it li lights up uh, in a way, that in a fragrance, that brings something to our hearts in this year, and it reminds us of who we are in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, which simply means Jesus cleaned your light bulb off real good so that the world could see that you belong to him. We're a new creature on the inside. It doesn't mean I can grow more hair because he's made a new creature, even though I, that's the first thing I would do if I had the ability. No, it doesn't mean that he's going to change our outward appearance, but let me tell you what he does change. He changes your heart. He changes your attitude. You become a follower of Jesus. Here's all he asks you to do. Just act like me. Have you, let me ask you something. Have you ever imitated somebody? Have you ever did it to their back? Maybe just leave the lights out down for a little bit. I'm having a lot of fun here because I'm watching people, and they don't. I, got, I had this awesome compliment here about 20 years ago. And they said, Pastor, we wish that you weren't slant-eyed. We can't tell whether you're looking at us or the people behind us. <laughs> I thought, what a gift. What a gift. How many of us have ever complained about a gift that we got? I have. One of the first years we were here as pastors, somebody had the audacity to buy me a polka dot 
white shirt and a polka dot tie to wear with it. Guess what I did with it? You, you won't believe what I did with it. How, how many believe that I wore it? A few. Well, I didn't wear it. I gave it to one of my best friends. <laughs> and here's what I was saying under my breath. Trick or treat. Listen, Jesus never put anything under the tree. God put his only son on the tree that I could go free from the bondage of sin and death. And what I couldn't do and that I was weak, God sent his son Jesus to help me out so that I could become what he is. And I've never arrived yet, but I'm on the right road today, and every day I let the Lord know you're welcome into my life. I really need you. You said you're a present help in time of need, and I really need your help. I need your strength today because your word says in Isaiah 40, 31, chapter 40, verse 31, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And, Lord, I'm just reminding you because you said it was okay if we remind you of your word. So I'm reminding you I need to apply that word today, and I need you to put the super on, that, on this natural house that I live in so that I can become what you are because you had, you had the faith in me to believe that if you would become what I was, I could become what you are. I hear so many people beating themselves down. I hear so many saying, you know, Pastor, if I could just do this, if I could do that. Uh, there was a, a grown lady that called me Friday evening as I walked out of Home Depot, and she began to beat herself up. She said, do you have time to talk? And I said, I've got time to listen. And for about 20 minutes, this lady just poured her heart out. And when I, she finished up, I said, would you do me a favor? She said, well, Pastor, what do you want me to do? She said, I'll do whatever you ask me to do because I love you and I believe in what you said. I said, would you quit beating yourself up? Would you just take a deep breath of air and let Jesus pour in the oil and the wine? And she signs off. She said, I'm so glad I talked to you. Can I talk to you again? I said, I want you to know as your pastor, I love you, and I want you to have God's best. And listen to me this morning. I ended with 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon me because I care for you. Listen to me. Quit beating yourself up. Life is good. Life is a hoot sometimes, but there's times when life really stinks. You didn't say, think I'd say that in church, did you? It really, really stinks sometimes. You know, in the stinky days of life, you know what Jesus said? He knew we'd have those days. That's the reason he said, cast it all on me. I'll take care of it. Let me ask you, what are you wrestling with this morning? What's really bugging you today in this Christmas season that you wish, maybe you wish you could have done more under the tree? It's been such an awesome time. I had, a, had, a, I had many calls this Christmas that I wasn't really prepared for, but a family member called and said, there's family members in, in our life that are really struggling. Would you come by and, and we've got some cash in an envelope. Would you go and not let them know where this came from? They would never take it if, it came, if they knew it came from us. And I watched grown people break down and cry. <laughs> they said, Pastor, if you only knew. And you know what? I don't act like I know everything. I know less probably today than I've ever known except one thing. Jesus has came, came to this earth to become what I was, that I could become what he is. And that's a righteousness of God. 
And listen, there's nothing, righteousness means I'm just at right standing with God. Every day I depend upon him. Every time I, every day I love on him and I tell him I'm hungry and I'm thirsty and I want to be a light that is not hidden under a bushel, but I want to be a light on the lampstand and the lampstand is Jesus Christ. And today is the greatest day of the rest of our life. It all began on a tree. It, this, the, the place where they laid Jesus in Delhi was a, a wooden, wooden place, and they called it his cradle. He, he, was, he came to the most filthy place probably that could be found, and that was in a stable. And they laid him in a manger. For years, there was an elderly person that sat right where Craig is sitting this morning. After the morning message, Sherry and I would go to the door so we could shake hands with everybody that wanted to shake hands with us, and we could see those that took the side door that didn't want to shake hands with us. That's okay. I'm not going to chase you down today, but I'll be at your table tomorrow, and I'll eat lunch with you tomorrow. We'll get even. The gentleman was sitting there. Every Sunday morning, he would pass through the front doors of this facility, and he'd say, Pastor, I didn't hear a word you said this morning. I said, good to see you, though. Christmas rolled around one year. Red had been sitting there all year listening to the message. Every Sunday morning, he'd give me the same testimony. didn't hear a word you said this morning. He passed by Christmas Eve, Sunday morning. He said, Preacher, I want to tell you something. This morning, you said Jesus was born in a manger. He wasn't born in a manger. He was born in a stable, and they laid him in that manger. I said, Thank God you've been listening. Oh, it's fun coming to God's house. Let me tell you, you can have a more fun serving the Lord than you can serving the enemy. And Jesus just wants you to know, he, he says, He that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. And you may be here this morning, and you may be representing a family that doesn't respect you. In fact, they don't really care about you coming around. In fact, when you do come around, maybe they don't speak. Maybe they're not, they're not friendly to you. But let me tell you about my best friend he came to his own family, too, and his own family received him not. But the Bible says, but as many as did receive him, he opened the door for people like you because we were Gentiles and he was, he was a Jew. So he knows what rejection is this morning. And he knows how it is to be hurting on the inside. He, he was acquainted with sorrow, but yet he said he challenged the church. He challenged you and me. He said, let your light so shine that all men might see your good works and then remember all the glory goes to me, and I'll give you the benefits. I don't know about you, but that's a real deal. The world will never offer you that kind of a deal. But I'm going to close this morning by, by reminding you on this Christmas season, Jesus didn't come into this world looking for a good deal. He didn't wait till Black Friday to come. He, he, his days were chosen by his Father. And then the lady that gave birth to him was no doubt an outcast in society because she was so young and pregnant, carrying the life of the Son of God. She knew what it was and what it had been, and she knew what conditions had changed her circle of friends. And maybe your circle of friends have changed because of some of the things you've done or the places you've gone. But let me say this, Jesus knows more about you than you know about yourself. So many times we think we're hiding, you know. Sometimes we think we're slipping around. Nobody's going to see. Well, let me just read the newspaper to you this morning. Jesus says, I know what you're thinking this morning. I know the thoughts and intents of your heart. 
So, you know, I'm telling you, if I can't fool Jesus, who in the world am I trying to fool? Jesus saw your ending before he created you. And here's what he says. You're worth it. You'll let your light shine. You'll, you'll let your life be an example. You'll let me work through you and in you so that others will see the kind of God that I really am. And this morning, if you're here and you have never made peace with Jesus, it's not about a religion today. It's about a relationship with one who loved you enough to become what you were that you and I could become what he is. I don't know about you, but I, I really feel like that's really loving on me. I've heard my friends say this, and I didn't know whether they were looking at me or you. Boy, only God and, and his mother could love him in that condition that he is. A couple of us know that. You've heard that. Well, let me say this. Jesus loved you enough the way you were. And you'll never get it good enough to change his mind about who you are today. And as you set this through this season and enjoy the birth that we celebrate of Jesus Christ, I want you to realize one thing. Today, it's not wrapped up and under the tree. But in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 20, it pens these words so carefully. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. What do we really enjoy the most in life as human beings? What, what, do, you, what do we all do that we really do well? Eat. Come on, it hadn't been that long since I saw y'all feeding yourself. Let me ask you question number two. Why are we so good at eating? Because we stay in practice. You ever heard this? Practice makes perfect. Jesus wants you to know today. He's standing at your heart's door knocking, and it's not Santa Claus that's at the door. And he doesn't have a backpack with something wrapped up to put under your tree today. But he's got something more precious wrapped up in his spirit, and he wants to deposit it in our hearts. And that's the power to forgive, the power to forget, the power to love our enemies as ourselves. I don't know about you, boy, that takes a lot of power. It stretches us at times, doesn't it? Even as Christians, it stretches us sometimes. That's the reason we come to church sometimes. And, oh, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Yes, Lord. You see, Leroy, I'm really processing. I'd like to get even with him, but you said to forgive him. Yeah, every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now. And, you know, I mean, we go through all the calisthenics and all the time. God's saying, it's not how loud you sing. It's not how pretty you sing. But if you'll just open your heart's door, I want to give you the power to forgive. And, you know, the other thing he gives us power is to be happy when he's blessing other people. I uh, watched a granddaughter stand this morning, and we worked on her for many years trying to get her to stand up here and sing. And I saw one of our employees 
a staff member asked her a few times, and she's on the platform singing. Now put that together for me. Oh, I know, I know. I, 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 thank you, Holy Spirit. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Quit trying to figure it out, Pastor. In all your ways, acknowledge me. She's going to listen to Jared. She's already turned you off. And, you know, I know she's the righteous of God. But I know she's holy today. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I know I'm not supposed to come to church and observe, but I look around. I can just sometimes feel things just kind of get like this. And I can, I can sit on that front pew and I can just kind of feel things when they're flowing. I listen to see if you're going to laugh. I can, I, can, I can tell when you laugh for the most part of you. Now, some of you just smile. But out of your innermost being flows rivers of laughter. You just have to turn it loose. But, you know, can, can I just tell you how much I really need you to pray for your pastor? How many knows that people don't dress like they did 60, 70 years ago? If I would have worn a pair of jeans, you knew where I was going, didn't you? I know Tori's not going to speak to me for a couple of days till she forgets us. But, you know, what was it, what's in style now? Man, we would live in a pole farm <laughs> if we'd have came to school with that. Right. But let me bring it to a point. While man looks on the outward appearance, God's not looking there. He's looking on your heart. He don't care how you dress this morning. He doesn't care that this pie has Donald Trump on it this morning. <laughs> What's that say? Donald Trump. I bought this before he was ever president. It, <laughs> They were half price the day I bought this. It's not for sale, Patrick. You take me an airplane ride, though, I'll, I'll let you wear it some Sunday. God's got a sense of humor. Yes, he does. And, he, and uh, you know what? He just wants us to relax this Christmas season. And he wants us to remember that's the course of that song, Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. Because he lives, all cares are gone. Because I know, no, no, who holds the future. And he's got the future in the palm of your hand.